Hi, and welcome to Kleinversations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guests will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning, and hear our conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Today, my conversation is with digital learning specialist, Kim Sharp. Kim is a product of Klein ISD and started her career at Klein Forest as an English teacher after a short stint as a technical writer. While teaching, she helped start the International Business Academy, which piloted the first one-to-one program. She served on the National Digital Learning Day Educator Cohort, was a panelist for the Digital Learning Day Community Outreach Webinars, and was featured in a documentary about using technology learning stations to reach every student. She currently serves as a digital learning specialist at Club Intermediate and was recently named the 2019 Support Staff of the Year on that campus. Before serving at Club, she was the Instructional Media Coordinator at Vistas High School. Fun fact, she attended Club as a student almost 20 years ago. I can't wait for you to hear my conversation about ways to include technology to move past substitution in the classroom, examples of technology innovation to catalyze collaboration, and how technology has brought us all together to create endless possibilities for the kids we serve. Here's our conversation now. All right, let's get this conversation party started. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I know. I'm so excited. So I will start us off with introducing our theme, which is leveraging technology to innovate, connect, share, and enhance collaboration. But before we dive into that content, I would love to hear about one celebration from the district that you have right now. So one thing that I'm loving right now is the fact that we've opened up so many possibilities to our kids. Um, You know, I'm a product of Klein and I grew up in Klein and just seeing how the district has transformed. Like I am seeing the the pathways that the kids are being able to choose and the classroom walls just kind of dissolving and letting kids reach out beyond those four walls is, is just spectacular. I love that you are returning to the campus that you went to as an intermediate student. So I'm sure it's been exciting to see the changes going from like when we were in school and then to what it is now, especially you being involved in the technology aspect. I bet that's exciting to see. It's very exciting. It's very um, eye opening and it (laughs) makes me feel a little old, to be honest. (laughs) But it is. It's exciting to see how far we've come. I mean, mean, I'm old, but I'm not that old. No, you're not. We've come a long way. Thank you. We've come a long yeah. way in, you know, just 20, 20 years. And I think about people that take like a hiatus from teaching or they spend time with their family, whatever the reason, medical cause. And I get phone calls every now and then about, you know, what can I do for my professional learning, et cetera. But I always think about the changes that have happened when people take a break. If they take a break from education for five years, just think about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I can think of the transition from one-to-one or from a regular classroom just straight to -to one-to-one. And I just think like, if you miss that transition, your mind could be like so busy trying to figure out what changes have been made just with technology alone. Yes. The catch up is, is, yeah, it's crazy. 
is ridiculous. Even for teachers that are still in the classroom sometimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So speaking of technology, it's kind of a general question, but like when you think of ways of integrating technology in the classroom or even on a campus, because as a digital learning specialist, you serve the whole population at CLEB. What are some of your favorite ways for just technology integration in general? And you can become specific with your examples if you want, but I just want to kind of leave it a broad mm -hmm. conversation starter. So my absolute favorite thing is to walk into a classroom and not see the teacher in front of okay. the class. Um, I like any technology that puts the students in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And we've got a lot of different ways that we can we can do that now. Um, but I, I, I truly believe that if the students are doing the work, then they are mastering it. So um, we've got you know, kids building websites with, yeah. you know, taking That's the awesome. knowledge and putting web, putting complete websites out there for public consumption. We've got them creating videos and, and taking virtual reality tours and going through playlists that have been yeah. specifically designed awesome. for their needs. So I just, I really like because it's not about the technology. Mm -hmm. It's about what the kids are doing with the technology. So Anything that puts the kids in the driver's seat is my favorite thing to see. I like that you said it's not about the technology and it's about the doing. Because I think sometimes there's an easy path to obsession of like, what's the next app? What's the next? And it becomes more of like, what kind of toolkit can I create instead of keeping students at the center? And you just simplified it. It's like, what are the students going to be doing with this in order to retain the content? And um I love all those all those examples that you just gave of specifics that you um, are seeing in the classrooms at CLEB because it's happening all over the district. So when you think over the years of seeing these technology changes, you were at Vista, so you were on a different campus too, so that's a unique perspective that some people don't get. What kind of technology have you seen being leveraged to create connections and sharing among students? So I love that idea of using technology for connection because I remember when I was in the classroom and it went one-to-one -one at Klein High, it was just us trying to figure out how to run a classroom based off of one-to-one. -one. I mean, it changed the face of how I taught, but I think we're further along now um, and, and then Klein's had one-to-one -one for over 10 years. So moving further along than just substitution, like how do people use the technology for connections in their classroom? Well, I love the fact that Klein is so invested in the technology mm -hmm. that we they've supplied us with tools like Google Drive and Schoology, where you have an automatic connection, uh, a place to collaborate and to work work together. Um, you know, when I first started teaching, teachers were just kind of an island, and they just did their own thing in their own um, in their own room, and most of the time you didn't know what was happening across the hall or next yeah. door. And I think uh, technology is kind of like made us. Pangea, you yeah. know, we're like one giant supercontinent of, <laughs> of teachers and students. And what started with teachers collaborating together has now, there's been a giant shift just in the last, I would say, three years okay. where we are seeing st the students start to collaborate more. So, um, you know, we do things like the observe me's and stuff like that for the pineapple charts for teachers where right. you can open your doors and let other um, people come in. But I've even seen, you know, a kid have a question, you know, be like, you know what, Miss Smith across the hall is an expert. Let's, let's see what she has to say about that. Okay. And the, the, the teachers are like cross crossing borders and crossing yeah. walls and allowing, um, 
kids to, to reach through all different resources. Okay. Um, but one thing I really love is Twitter. We have a huge, um, we have a huge presence on Twitter and it's been great for teachers. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's been a wonderful place, but even for the students, you know, I'll hear a student be like, ask a question. What do you think so-and-so thinks about this? Well, I don't know. Let's, let's tweet, let's tweet a question to them and see if they respond. Um, and that stuff just wasn't possible before, before we had this kind of technology. And I love that all those tools and just the social media alone just makes it so accessible. So it's not like you have to pick up a phone <laughs> right, <laughs> or walk. I mean, I think all those things are great. And I'm all about walking meetings or talking to people on the phone. But I just think it's so great, like you're saying, in the middle of a class when it's not maybe a good time to be walking across the hall or talking to someone who's famous or you know isn't in our direct vicinity to be able to connect with them on Twitter. So when you say that you're seeing students collab more, because I think you're right, it's easy for teachers to collab right now. And I remember when Twitter kind of first started taking off, um, I had friends of mine that were like, why are, you, why are you on Twitter? I'm like, I have learned so much. And you can get in a rat hole of like, <laughs> follow, 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 and then content, content, content. And there's been times where I've gotten lost on Twitter with the amount of content, articles, resources. It's incredible the connections that you can make. But when you think about student collaboration, especially in the classroom, and if you're thinking about assignments that you've seen in specific classrooms or the ways students are being innovative with those connections, what kind of connecting do you see like tangible examples Besides like a Twitter question, like what other ways are you seeing students or teachers using that tool for um, a vehicle for collaboration? So um, for like Twitter, for instance, I have a teacher who is an art teacher oh. and they're studying lines and shapes. And so she created a hashtag for okay. her class and the, the kids will go out into the real world and snap pictures oh, when they that. see those yeah. lines and shapes and, and designs in the real world and they'll tag it with their class hashtag. And then the next day they come in and they pull up the hashtag and they go over all the stuff that the kids are seeing outside. Um, God, you talk about connecting to the real world and like having the learning extend past the walls of the classroom, like you were saying earlier. And it's fabulous. It's incredible. And the kids are thinking about it all the time. Yeah. It's not that 45 minute period you know, they're driving around. Oh, that looks like X, Y, Z. Which is a form of reflection and retention. Like that's so creative of that teacher. And I love that it's not a core content. It's someone in an elective that's using that to connect to. I love mm-hmm. it. Any other examples? Um, well, I mean, if do we want to stick with with Twitter or any, any anything? Tool, anything that you see where the students are collabing in class by using technology to leverage that conversation? So- so we have a lot of Padlets going on yeah, love it. Um, on our campus, which is great because it's not it, it's not selective of a certain group of people. Anybody can do that. So, um, you know, a teacher will have a, like for instance, an English teacher will have a, um, a bouncing board where you bounce ideas off of and you kind of just throw something up there and see if it sticks. And she opens it up for all of her classes. So first period, we'll throw a bunch of ideas on the Padlet. And then second period, we'll come in, throw more ideas or comment on others. And then the next day, every kid doesn't have just the 22 kids thoughts from that one class. They have 160 kids who are all throwing ideas and talking to each other and commenting to each other. And I think that's spectacular because we don't pigeonhole our kids 
into, well, this is your teacher. This is your group. If you don't mesh well with these kids, well, sorry, you're going to have to figure it out. You talk about flexible learning environments. I mean, people think it just means cute furniture that's easily, you know, moved around a classroom, but really this is exactly what a flexible learning environment can be. It's no longer you're bound to one period, like you're saying, I like to call it contagious dialogue. It's like somebody sneezes information. It just keeps getting passed around. It's right. Like a preschool of information. Um, I love that. So when you're, when you're talking to teachers, so I'm sure you have these conversations as a digital learning specialist with teachers who are wanting to put more technology in their lesson design to leverage that conversation. How do you guide them to get started? Because I know some people, there are different levels. I mean, that's obvious in any kind of skill, but how would you coach a teacher who's really trying to enhance their lesson design with more technology in connection to connecting with others? Well, my, my first thing is, is don't get overwhelmed with yeah, the tools and the resources. Good, yeah, that's great. Um, there's so much out there and a lot of people can get frozen with fear of, I don't know what to use or when to use it. Um, so my suggestion is let's, let's talk, let's get down to what it is you want to accomplish with the technology, because it's really, again, it's not about the tool. It's about what the kids are going to do with that tool. Mm-hmm. So tell, you know, I, I like to sit down and have a conversation with my teachers. What, what's your goal? What do you yeah. want your kids to get out of this? And then I will give a couple of suggestions and I tell them to pick one thing. Let's not try yeah, I love 500 that. different things. Let's try one thing and get really good at that one mm-hmm. thing. And then next next term, next nine weeks, we'll pick up one more thing. But trying to do so many, and right now a, a big thing to, to try are the choice boards. Okay. So you're seeing a high and I'm seeing, level I'm seeing of a, usage. And I that. love choice boards. I love giving kids the opportunity to choose. But it's overwhelming teachers because they feel like they have to know every single piece of technology that is available on that choice board. And so uh, <laughs> they get a little frozen. So yeah. um, one of my teachers at Vistas came up with this great idea and she said, okay, let's face it, the kids know more technology than I do. So I'm going to put all these options on there. I'm going to let the kids pick whatever tool they want to use, but they get bonus points if they'll stand up and teach the kid, the class how to use the tool that, that they picked. And so she is letting the kids teach her all these new tools. And so she's not having to go spend the time doing the research. She gets to see it in action because the kids have used it. And the kids are teaching other kids. And I just thought that was brilliant. Leadership empowerment. I mean, we could go on and on about all the different strands of profiles that we see in that. Um, I love that because when you teach is when you learn the most. Um, And I love that you say just backward design almost like what is the outcome you're wanting and let's start there. And I love that you're encouraging one thing because you're right. Like for me, if I see things, I'm like, I want to try it all. And then sometimes I'm like, wait a second, where am I? So I'm sure you run into that with teachers as well. And speaking of trying new things and, and just suggestions for how to get started, you know, the SAMR model is a practical guide for digital learning in the classroom. And I love that it's an easy four steps to, you know, technology enhancement to technology transformation. So when you're thinking about the SAMR model, which SAMR stands for substitution, augmentation, modification, and redefinition, and you're talking about teachers moving from, well, let's just get started with an example from each step, because I think a lot of people don't know what SAMR is. or some people out there that do. Um, So when you're thinking of just substitution and technology acting as a direct substitute with no functional change, what's an example of that that you see 
teachers would be like, okay, I make that connection with that definition. Okay, so let's take a geography lesson, Okay, for example. So we're learning a geography lesson on a specific location. So a basic substitution is going to be using Google Sides slides to present information about that location. Okay. So instead of the teacher standing up and talking about giving a lecture about that lesson or, you know, they just present it in a Google slide where the kids can follow along visually. Um, if we're talking about an English uh, paper. Okay. So instead of writing it on paper, we're writing it in a Google Doc. Okay. So it's just a typical paper to Google Doc. You've done nothing to add to it. But it's still better than nothing. And some, and some, I want to point out that some assignments, I learned this from our instructional officer of digital learning, Alyssa Kozart, that sometimes substitution is okay. Like sometimes you just have to stay at that substitution level. Um, I just want to point that out. Okay. So moving into augmentation, when technology acts as a direct substitute, but there's functional improvement. It's like, what kind of example would that be? That's that next step of SAMR. So if we're talking about our world geography lesson, so um, we might, in that uh, Google Slides that we're presenting, we might have interactive multimedia, audio, video, hyperlinks for the kids to go to, where it provides a little more in-depth and a little more engagement okay. in the activity. Okay. Um, if you're talking about our English example, then it might be using the Explore tool in uh, Google Docs to explore and do your research right there through the Google Doc. And just like in a one sentence or two sentence summary, what does the explore button do? Just in case someone doesn't know what that is. So explore, you can um, highlight a word and you can right click on it, on it and go to explore. And it will actually go out to the web and find information about that word. So if you're looking at something and you don't understand what it is, you can find pictures and videos and and definitions and synonyms yeah. and right there without having to go somewhere else. Love it. Okay. And then modification is a technology that allows for significant task task redesigned. That's where you're really moving into transformation technology in the classroom. So what's an example of a modification? um, So, um, and and I like to point out that this is where we get to teaching above the line. Yeah. So you'll hear people say, talk about, well, we want to teach above the line. Um, And so when you hit modification, we're talking about, student creation. So um, for our geography lesson, um, students might create a travel brochure that incorporates the multimedia and student created videos. So instead of consumption, now they are producing. Consumption to producing. I love that. That's good to remember when you're moving up that model. And then last is redefinition. So that's allowing for the creation of new tasks previously inconceivable. So you're at the top of your game technology-wise. I'm testing you with a DLS. How do you make that geography lesson move into redefinition? Okay, so um, we could use Google Earth and okay. um, or go to a virtual field trip of the place that we're looking at. And um, uh, I would I love it when we set up Skype. And talk to somebody from that place to give us a little bit more in-depth about the culture. Um, And then the students can create and publish websites, their own websites, with the information that they learned. Um, What I, you know, for for feedback. What I love about redefinition is, of course, this is, we're talking about reaching a level that is absolutely not possible without the technology. So if we're talking to, if we're researching Honduras, 
our kids are not going to be able to get on a plane and go to Honduras to look at it. Yeah. But through virtual field trips, they can feel like they're there. Mm-hmm. Through um, Skyping in somebody from there, we can talk to them, hear the language, mm-hmm. feel the language, mm-hmm. get an authentic um, uh, experience. And then for the with the when the kids create websites and put information out there, we're talking about public consumption. Yeah. We're talking about our students reaching an audience beyond their peers and their teacher. And when kids realize that what they're putting out there is for the whole world to see, they have a lot more engagement in there. They have a lot more thought mm-hmm. and depth. They, they understand the greater purpose of it, which I think is, is spectacular. The benefits of those redefinition examples that you just gave to all I keep hearing that is, um, I hate to use the word real world skills, but post high school skills, because the communication with a broader audience is something that I don't know if we had, we didn't have that when we were in school. Like there was, you know, internet was just starting or whatever, depending (laughs) on where you were. But um, I think about when you're saying creating a website, like that's incredible to be able to use technology to have that skill, especially if that taps into a, you know, and you're at the intermediate level, what a great time to be like, okay, maybe I like digital design and I want to be a graphic designer. I like that this is connecting the outside world to the academics, to the classroom, to show the possibilities are endless. And I just think it creates this culture of look at the innovation that can be done. And it, I think it's almost an encourager to these students to, to tell them, think outside the box. We don't have to stick with just, you know, a Google slide and present it. We can, we can move beyond that. So um, and I, I just keep going back to your teacher that said that she had the kids teach each other. I mean, that's such a skill that sometimes would only get saved for speech class back in the day, you know? Right. And so now it's just having cross-curricular skills, being able to be showcased in different content. So I love that. Um, I love that you just simplified that to where it's not like you're saying, and then you pull out the fireworks and the unicorn, mm-hmm. and now you're at redefinition. Like you're giving ways for teachers to have tangible steps to apply to their lesson design. So thank you for explaining that. I think that model is so great for, you know, really stretching yourself technology-wise in the classroom. So in your experience as a digital learning specialist, what's one way that you've seen technology being used in an innovative way, in an innovative way in the classroom? So I have two that I've just experienced recently. Um, The first one is Mystery Skypes. I am a huge Ooh. fan of Mystery Skype. What is that? So um, it's it's actually a part of Skype, and teachers can go on there, and you pair up with another teacher from another place. So it can be the one we we did was in the United States, and it was um, we were they were doing Texas, uh, not Texas, U.S. history, and um, so we paired them up with another class. And then each class was talking to each other. At another school in the country. Yes. They were actually in Pennsylvania. Um, But the kids don't know where the other class is from. And through a series of questions and answers about their location, the kids have to look on the map, figure out, like, are you, um, you know... West of the Mississippi, you know, yeah. Um, and based on these and based on the questions, the kids have to figure out where the That's other ones are. So from. awesome. And then at the end, they take a guess at where they are and then they get, then the kids get to talk back and forth about where they're from and what it's like and what the differences are. And so, yeah, our kids, um, just did one through our library and, um, they Skyped with a class in Pennsylvania and it was just, it was awesome to watch our kids, 
That's, that's like shocking and incredible all at once, like that, that you can do that. And that fun element of almost making a game again, just like you're not just using technology, but you're making it fun for the kids and engaging. I love that example. Okay. You said you had another one. I'm so dying to know what it is now. (laughs) So, um, uh, one of my English teachers just came to me and said, you know, they're doing historical figures and they're doing research on historical figures. And, um, she wants to be able to do something creative. So I said, what if we, um, you know, build the, the kids build their websites, but she took it even farther. So the kids are intermediate kids are going to build websites based on their research about their historical figures, but then we're going to share it with the elementary schools that tie into us. And so we're going to give it to the elementary teachers and then the elementary kids can go through and learn about the historical figures and ask. We're going to have a question and answer oh, on the website yay. so that the elementary kids can ask questions and then our kids can answer them back and forth. So our kids, it, it might have to, they might have to do more research than they had than they had done before. Um, but those that kind of interaction yeah, is across, just like the whole schools within our district. Mm hmm. Okay. And then those babies will get to see, yeah. look what I get to do when I yeah. get to you talk to about looking forward to intermediate school. Okay. I'm all about calling people out and giving them like a shout out. So like who, which teacher did the mystery Skypes? Um, so that was Greg Blanchard. Greg Blanchard. I love that. Awesome job, mm-hmm. Greg. And then what about that historical? So I just awesome. talked with this teacher this morning and her name's Marty Cummings. Yeah, that's great. And, um, and I'm so proud of her because she, um, you know, she, she shies away from technology, but she is all in, yeah. she loves to learn new things. And so I'm really excited Good that job, we're going Marty, to, for stretching I know, yourself. way to go Marty. And I want to call out the teacher that you said has their student, has her students teach about the things that she doesn't know. What teacher was that? And that was Tiffany Sosa. Yeah. Good job, Tiffany. At, I love that. Vistas. Okay, great. All right. So we're going to head into the closing of our podcast. So we will start with one favorite thing in education that you're loving right now. I love the possibilities. Um, I love that our teachers are trying new things, that we finally entered a, a period in education where it's okay to try. It's okay to jump out of that box and do something new. For so long, teachers felt like they were constrained by, um, you know, textbooks and, and curriculum and, mm-hmm. you know, Klein ISD is giving our teachers the yeah. ability to, you know, be, be you and know your kids and do what's best for your kids and don't be afraid to, to fail forward in, in those things. So I think that's wonderful. So the possibilities, I love it. So inspirational. Okay. So what's favorite, one favorite thing in general right now, it doesn't have to be work related or education related. Oh my gosh. Astros baseball. Okay. I am a huge, I was an Astros baseball fan when it was not cool to be an Astros, (laughs) Astros fan. You were loyal and you stuck through. What do you love about it? Um, you know, I, I remember going as a kid. Um, it's, it, I love that it brought, it, you know, it brings the community together. I loved through the whole world series where, you know, it just kind of like healed our city after yeah. everything. And, um, you know, I just, I like the sounds and the smell of a, of those stadiums. A good hot dog and popcorn. I, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and a home run. Oh man, you should be there with marketing, like a marketing <laughs> story. Like please call Kim Sharp because. She will sell tickets for you. I'm like, um, you can I'll- contact me at, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd like a meet and greet and a free season pass. Right. Okay. And then one thing I've just added, because I just love getting book suggestions. I think most educators are forever learners anyways. And I have this exhaustive book list. That I think I'll probably finish in the next 30 years at this point. But I just wanted to throw in a favorite book 
right now. It doesn't have to be ever because that's so difficult if you're a reader. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not a reader, you can pass. But if you could just give us one of your favorite books and why. Well, I am a reader. Okay, good. Um, but my my favorite of all times is all, time. all times okay, is no to kill a mockingbird. Oh yay! Um, and really, it's just because I believe that the world needs more Atticus Finches. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was an English teacher before I came into this role. Oh, and of course, you're a reader. And yes. um, I got to, I, I taught to kill a mockingbird to my to my kids at Klein Forest, and um, you know, every year to to watch them go from such despair in the book to such hope and, and seeing that the world needs more Atticus Finches. And, um, you know, I just, I love the message and I I love his character and it's so well written. And it's, to me, it's not technically a page turn, but you're still wanting to know what happens next. And I still remember that reading that in high school. So what a great book choice. I love that you didn't pick a typical book that's out there right now, even though if you want to pick that, that's okay. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for sharing today. I'm just so excited that you're our first digital learning specialist we've ever had. And it's evident that you care about what you're doing and you have a passion for helping teachers. So thank you so much for coming by the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. (laughs) I enjoyed it. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kim today. I loved hearing her talk about the open possibilities that are dissolving walls and providing opportunities for our students. How we should always ask the question, what will our students be doing to show mastery when planning with technology integration and how to start simple with one step at a time if your goal is to add more technology to your lesson design. Until next time, here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.